You're about to enter seventh heaven. If you like this pod, then you can show your support by rating us five stars and hitting that little subscribe button to help us climb the pod rankings and spread the sevens gospel. If you're looking for extra content, you can go to our YouTube page or our social channels, Twitter and Instagram, our handle at seventh heaven pod. Again, like, subscribe, share, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back, everybody. You know what's up. It's that time of the week where you are back in your celestial one-stop pod for all things Rugby Sevens. Yes, it's Seventh Heaven with me, Burnsy, Mitch and Chip. And we're going to get a bit of fresh GB perspective this week. We've got one of the Scotsmen with their poogie up to come and give us the Scottish take on how things are in GB Sevens, what Scottish Sevens is like on the series and how to score a ridiculous amount of tries. Max McFarlane is up in the clouds, but so's Burt's with the breakdown on International Women's Day. We are pumped up, boys. Good to be back, Yes, Benzie. Yes, please. It's uh, it's good that we finally got, going to have some uh, alternative perspective on the GB stuff. You've been asking questions for a lot of weeks. We've given you very few answers. Then we did. It was very English orientated last week. So... Good to, good to be really showing our true colours, I think. And that's important for us. We want to give that representation of Great Britain. We want Wales, we want Scotland. We'll get one of the Welsh boys on soon. But we've got another man. He's in the camp as well now, haven't we, Chippy? As you can see from my background, if you uh, are watching the YouTube clip of this, um, I've got the same picture as Mitch because we are about 10 metres apart in the rooms. Um, it, uh, it's pretty surreal being in camp, obviously, with COVID protocols being so strict at the moment and the time being valuable because um, we're not far away from the Olympics at all. Um, so all restrictions are being taken really seriously. We're like kind of to the letter of the law in our rooms all the time. Um, so yeah, excited to be in camp. First day today, just got here, did all the medicals uh, and buzzing to get me teeth stuck into it tomorrow. They're starting with a big defence session, I think. What are those COVID protocols? How strict, how ridiculous are they? Um, so I tested last night before I got in the car to get here and then I tested again when we got here this today before we were allowed in. Um, we have in breakfast and lunch in your own room. Um, you've got to wear masks to training. You've got to have your separate water bottles all spaced up and down the side of the pitch. Um, I'm trying to think of them, but, but kind of everything you'd normally do is not is kind of abnormal at the moment. Um, no mixing of rooms. Um, yeah no meetings at the moment um, I think they've kind of spoke this week about potentially doing dinner um, in like a separate room but all spaced out and facing the front and masked up when you're not eating but yeah it's it's, it's strict and to be honest it, unfortunately it's kind of the only way that this program's kind of going to operate it's sad and I'd love to challenge it but I, I can't really it's amazing the detail that, that they've gone to to plan it all out to risk mitigate it is unreal. Like, it's a t- I would hate to have that job, but ultimately they've sort of made it simple for us as players or as simple as they can. These are the rules. Stick to them. Um, and actually, generally, as rugby players, we're probably quite good at that. Um, we, you know, much as we might want to do things differently, it's easy enough to stick to the rules, isn't it? They're pretty straightforward. And it does help having Tony Rokes as head coach because he's a scary bloke. He, um, I, I, I obviously get on, get on with him really well and he, he's a... He's a, he was a top coach when he was with England, but we forget like his presence when you come into a room again. He's he's um he looks a bit like um without too, sounding too harsh like Uncle Fester, but like a bit harder, you know. <laughs> That's Uncle, pretty harsh, mate. That's pretty Uncle, harsh. Uncle Fester has been ten rounds with Tyson. <laughs> I remember the first time I met Rocky. Uh, it was at an end of season dinner with England sevens, and he was there about to start the following season. And he came up and he tapped me on the shoulder to introduce himself. I turned around and there's this, he's a pretty tall bloke, like pretty muscular frame, deep set, dark eyes. And I was like, fucking hell, what have I done here? <laughs> this is it. I, I, saw, I saw myself ending up in the clouds. He looked like some sort of hitman. Turns out he's a lovely bloke. So you boys aren't 
even having dinner together. Not like how how do you build morale? Because obviously the twenty points each method is out at the moment. But you're not even sitting down breaking bread, which is, you know, one of the key things for any sevens team, any rugby team, any work team. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's funny because I think we've talked, we've talked a lot on this pod about building bonds, building teams. And I was listening to some other podcasts about that, about how sometimes the best thing is literally go out for dinner with your teammates and go out for a few beers. Um, and, it, and hopefully the time will come for that. But you know what, Bernsey, to be honest, it's just meant we've had to be proactive about doing it in other ways. Um, everyone is aware that what we're missing. So it's like, well, how can we actually fill that space and how can we try and achieve the same thing without having our old methods? So, you know, guys have been proactive about just getting on the phone to someone that you, you don't really know that well. And you might've said hello to on the World Series, but never really had a proper conversation. And, and it's amazing what you can learn. I mean, do you know what we should do actually is get every single lad on the pod, get a full interview. That's, that's a good way of getting to know them. That'd be a good way of spreading the, spreading the love as well. But yeah, that's what you gotta do. You just gotta, just gotta be proactive and just kind of, it can feel a bit forced sometimes. You know, it's a lot of phone and video calls, but that's what we've got, work with it. It's the new normal, isn't it? It's the new normal, working around, working around the old COVID. We even had a social, didn't we, Chip? A Zoom yeah. social before yeah. we started camp. Uh, so uh, uh, they asked me to run a social and it was a Thursday night. So obviously I was pretty aware that I had training on the Friday and I'm sure a lot of the other lads did. Uh, and it's also, I'm not sure how fun sitting in your room, seeing pints off on your own would be out of a dirty boot and your own sway boxes. <laughs> Um, so we, uh, yeah, yeah, we put a together a little quiz. We had some baby pictures. It's kind of a little bit of like a baby shower. Although one of the rounds was called uh, porn or sport, and you had to decide where the people's faces were from, porn, porn or sport. Um, I'd like to thank Tom James, um, my friend from university, for putting me onto that round. <laughs> not sure we can put that on the socials, though. Can we, Bernsey? Probably not. Why not? Can we not? They're I'll all, send it to you then. They're all legal tender in my eyes. Um, <laughs> We're talking about team morale. We're talking about team harmony. But we're only three quarters of seventh heaven at the moment because Bert's ain't in the clouds yet, but she's knock, knock, knocking on seventh heaven's door. It's time for the breakdown. Oh, how long have we waited to use that? How far, are we, how far well are we into done. podding? How far into the podcast are we? That uh, This is the first time you've said that, Bernsey. I can't, I, can't, oh. I can't believe I've just come up with it and wow. I can't believe it's taken me that long. Terrible. Well done. Uh, well done. Anyway, here's Bert's. <laughs> Right, Bert's in the house for the breakdown on a particularly special day because we're recording on International Women's Day, no less. We are. Round of applause for Bert <laughs> and all the ladies out there. You, 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 you. Um, I listened to another podcast and they said that you shouldn't do applause because it sounds like... What does it sound like? I can't say it sounds like a ball sack slapping into the back of someone's <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. How have we gone from talking about International Women's Day to now Chippy making inappropriate remarks on the pod? We, in fact, you have to cut that out because my mum listens to this now. <laughs> anyway, i leave it in. Sorry, mum. Chip, you've spoiled a tender moment for the pod where we were celebrating the women of the world and particularly the women in the game of seven. It's one of those days where all the women just come together and we just show our appreciation for one another, um, for the women that have been before us, the women we are now and who will come through the next generation. Um, so yeah, it's a very important day. I think it is anyway. So. I agree, but is it a double-edged sword in the world of sport like rugby where you, where there is this fanfare and you've seen it from HSBC from world rugby on Instagram today. And then is there a bit of you that's like, that's actually awesome. Like great to see it. Wish there was a bit more of that for the rest of the year. Yeah, I don't think it should just be one day. I love the idea that we've got like an International Women's Day. I don't actually know if there's an International Men's Day. But I I, I just like people just supporting one another. Um, and whether that's men supporting men, women supporting women, vice versa. Like, I think it should just be something that continues throughout the whole year, not just like one day. Um, but it's really cool that HSBC have put up stuff for International Women's Day um, talking about it really, really openly on their channels. So yeah, it's good. Did you see Burger King? No, what did Burger King put up? Very bad. They put um, Women Belong in the Kitchen. 
but I think it's a marketing marketing thing because now everyone's saying Burger King. So in fact, I take that back. <laughs> you didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. Didn't hear anything. Um, but do you reckon? You know, do you think the perception is changing? Do you think that women are getting a fairer ride in the game of rugby in the world? Do you think that the heightened visibility and the heightened conversation around gender equality is working? Yes, I do think it's working. Um, I don't think it's going at the rate of what people want it to be. Like people want it like right now, but that's just the way that the world works. But it's definitely getting there. Um, like you can just see, even just throughout today, um, the exposure that women are getting, um, supported by different brands, um, like a few going back to ten years, you didn't use that um, in within rugby. So like even today, Lovell Rugby posted a full Instagram um, Instagram photo of two of the two of the best female rugby players within our game. And that's the only post that they've ever dedicated to women, like in the whole of their full-on posts for over a year. The only one. But they put like women with men. That's they put nice. like a woman and then a man. But this was two photos of Ellie Kildun and Ellie Ellie Green. Um, and I think that's the only photo that they posted in a year. I think of just just women. It's quite crazy. That, like little things like that make you realise how far our game has got to go. Um, but. Th- there is so much value for speaking as a man in days like today because it does make you assess the way you've thought about things previously. And if that you multiply that times however many men are in the game, and it is a predominantly male-dominated sport at the moment, um, hopefully that has a massive impact, like globally as well, not just in this country, but it could be massive. And hopefully that change comes around quite quickly. But are you optimistic? It's a big question for just dropping in. Like, are you optimistic for the future of women's rugby? But, you know, it's as good a day to yeah, ask it, I am, I am really optimistic. I don't think... I think that it will, it will happen. Like, the equality in the male and female game will happen. Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily think it will happen in my career fully. Um, but it's just diff- what different environments can do to promote equality and promote the empowerment of women within a male dominated sport, because it's, it's quite a daunting thing for a woman to be trying, trying to be an established rugby player within rugby, which is a male dominated sport. So we are definitely getting there. And I, and I, and I pride that the environments, every single environment that I've ever been in have always empowered women um, within the game of rugby. So I'm very privileged to be involved in those environments and I hope that we can continue for the younger generation coming through in those environments. Part of like the reason I play the game and it's probably similar for you, Chip, partly like is to, is to try and inspire people in the next generation. But for you, Bert, is do you target or is that fueled more by desire to help young girls play the game specifically? Is that something that really fuels you? A thousand percent. Um, the, we talk a lot about like leaving the shirt in a better place and it was before um and inspiring the next generation that that's one that's one of the reasons why we push so hard for the the ur sevens girls academy um because we want to lead have a pathway for young girls coming through and we we want to have give girls the same opportunities that boys have within giving them the same exposure um it's all well and good saying we have a girls rugby team um, down at our local club, but to give them the same opportunity and the same exposure to bring um, more, more females into the game, not just a pool of 10, 20 girls to bring hundreds. Like that's what we want to do. And that at the end of the day, that will make us not only a better nation within rugby, but within a better nation within the whole of sport by having more females involved. So leading on from that into a a conversation about equality and opportunity, we're celebrating women today, but something we weren't celebrating last week was the postponement of the 2021 World Cup that got announced. How do you feel about that? What's the mood and the reaction amongst women in the game? Yeah, I think it's very, it's very mixed um, depending on where you are in your career. Um, The, there are a lot of the girls within the the 15 squad um, who this might have been their last big tournament and um, wanting to go out on winning the World Cup, um, but now we'll potentially have to wait another year. But for um, some youngsters like me, for example, um, that 
we've got so many more years within our within our career of having opportunities to be able to go to World Cup. Um, and especially that the Olympics is this year, um, it just separates them both, um, which I think is really good for the game. But I also think that postponing the World Cup, it's, it's a difficult one because, yeah, we don't actually know the reasons behind fully the postponement of it, but I think it's a, it's a difficult one to process. Like I can only imagine like, some of the some of the women who have been involved in the program for years and years and years, and like how we, how we felt when the Olympics was postponed, and um, being so invested in that program, um, to then they're coming out a year like what is it like six seven months away from an Olympic uh, from a World Cup, and it's just been taken away from them, and some of them are going to have to wait another year, which could be detrimental to their career. Which I'm gutted for some of them. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm really really gutted for some of them. Is it squeaky bum time for some of the sevens girls? Because um, so obviously some of the big names from 15s that might even be thinking, right, that opportunity's gone. Where can I look next for glory? Especially those ones in the latter end of their careers. Uh, and if they're having a look at eyeing up some places in the uh, Team GB squad, what's the crack with that? And uh, have you had a vibe of the camp? Because um, obviously you're in the in the initial training squad for the GB. And what's that going to mean for you guys? Do you know, what? we haven't actually really spoken about it. Like we've we've obviously spoken about the postponement of the World Cup and what that means for us and we've got to be conscious that some people were looking to do both um, and for some people that's one dream taken away at the same time of wanting to do another dream um, but we haven't actually really spoken about some of the players looking to come across How would you feel about it? How, how would you feel if there was people that potentially in your position? Um, it's difficult because I, I would have been one of those players who would want to do both so I think it's, I think it's fair game really. Um, if, if they do decide to come over, um, it's still, it's still sending, it's, it's difficult. Cause I, Burst, Burst, I, Burst, I need you to stop beating around the bush here. Okay. Right. Burst. So who's in your position? <laughs> who's in your position in 15s is really good from 15s. Um, Marley Packer. Vicky Fleetwood. Marley Packer says, Vicky Fleetwood says, says she sends you a text. I'm coming for your Burt's. I'm coming to take, I'm coming to take on sevens again. How are you feeling? Are you thinking, oh, this is going to be great for competition and I hope the best team goes to win a medal? Or are you thinking, <laughs> where are you at Burt's? Burt's is breakdown. Let's stop waffling. Let's go for it. Come on. Where are we at? I'm, uh, I just, I just be like, Burt's, Burt's, <laughs> come on. <laughs> are you worried this you is excited a, this you is confident but this is a lot like last week when chippy tried to get marcus smith to take my position in the squad <laughs> i'm getting flashbacks I'd, I'd just be like okay bring it do you know what i mean like if if yes. people are gonna if people are gonna come across and come across into the program then it's just more competition and we're not when i don't think as a group like we're afraid of competition um so yeah, if people want to come across, then it's it's just a challenge, really, isn't it? Yeah, the best, you're the best, and the best should go, right? I do agree with that. That if they do come across and they beat like seven of us out of a shirt, then fair do swim. Do you know what I mean? Well, like physically, yeah, on the pitch. The question is, what are seven of you doing in one shirt? <laughs> <laughs> that was cheap, Chip. That was cheap. Your jokes are so lame sometimes, Chip. They're <laughs> so a, hey. they're so dad joke. He's going to keep doing them if Burtz is going to give him a laugh like that. <laughs> they're cheap, That's they're true. Cheap you're part laughs. of the problem, Burtz. <laughs> they're cheap laughs. You're part I'm of the, the only problem, father Bats. on the podcast at the moment. You're an, en- you're an enabler, Burtz. <laughs> you're an enabler. At the moment, I'm a niche product with the only being the only father on the podcast. So that's what I'm going to I'm going to play with dad jokes. You've got to do what you've got to do. Right, last thing on GB, because you're going to be going into camp soon, but And we saw each other at the weekend, didn't we, Burtz? We did. We did at the Wasps game. At the Wasps game, sad not to see you on the field. Tough, yeah. for, tough for Wasps as well. That was a great game. I know. I was absolutely gutted. I was still on the sideline, watching Kate Alder running, running that try on the what is it, seventieth minute, and I was like, oh my gosh! I was screaming at the top of my voice. I was like, get in! But he, could, the referee, just called it no try, and that's the only time that I will ever th- that I will ever blame a referee for the game. Not true. I tell you now, that not was true. not true. As you think. Fiction. I'm interested Fiction. to hear this because I was commentating on the game. So go on. Sometimes I can think fair dues that were a pretty poor decision, but like 
I just, I couldn't understand some of his decisions. I just thought that he didn't let the continuity of the game flow. I don't know, like it's, it's probably pretty out there for me to say, but I just, I just didn't think that it was, it was great refereeing, if I'm being honest with you. Oh, pretty out there for me to say. I didn't think it was great. Come on, Bert, say what you really think. Am I fire you up? My man, pushing you here. You're supposed to be opinionated, Northerner. When did you get possessed by Sonia McLaughlin, Chip, and turn Bert's into Owen Farrell? I mean, this har- harassment. Bert, you're gonna get you gonna get a sore bum if you keep sitting on the fence. <laughs> well, I've already said that. I thought the refereeing was poor. I'll be there. I'll, you go. I'll be. Yeah. I'll be honest, Bert. With regards to the the no try at the end, Kate Order dropped it. I was I could see it from my commentary position. You it, couldn't see it, couldn't see it on the stream. I don't think because no, I couldn't. think the camera swung camera swung round, and then I think it's your analyst's jersey gets in the way at the crucial moment. But from where I was looking, she dropped it. But my uh, question was: Was there three high tackles prior to that? Oh, they, in fact, they should award it then. If there's three high tackles, they should just give it. I think it was. I think mm-hmm. on Kate Older, it was a high tackle. This is starting to sound. This is starting to sound like a therapy session. Um, I was going to ask though, but very quickly, if there's one thing that's going to help Wasps get over the line in these close games now, what is it? What needs to change? Because there's a couple, and then now close ones just yeah. edged out. Um, penalty count. We're our own worst enemies. Easy answer. There you go. Just like just yeah. Right. Not only is it International Women's Day, not only have we got Bert's in for the breakdown, but guess who is turning the ripe old age of 21 years old tomorrow? Bert's, I'm not sure I can bring myself to celebrate that because, in contrast, that makes the rest of us feel very old. <laughs> Am I right, lads? So, so those balloons aren't for International Women's Day? No, they're Day. not. They're for Bertie's, Bertie's 21st. Bertie's 21st tomorrow. 21st, God. Oh. Where's the party at and when are we having it? The party uh, is with me and my two housemates at my house, eating cheese and drinking wine. Ooh, sophisticated. Mm -hmm. Well, Bert. Lovely. Bert, happy birthday for tomorrow. Thank you for joining us in seventh heaven as a permanent mainstay and bringing down the average age (laughs) considerably. And, And bringing up the average chat. Amongst other things. Thank you very much. Amazing. She's like a Fijian 21. She must be older. Not sure if that's a compliment or not, but we're just going to roll with it. But have a cracker tomorrow. We'll see you back for the breakdown next week. Have you got a new sign-off yet? That was your homework from last week. Peace out. Oh, she hasn't done it. (laughs) One night in heaven. heaven, Happy birthday, Bert. 21. Really does make you feel old, doesn't it, boys? Those were the days. I think when I was 21, I was at uni in uh, a lot different shape to what I am now uh, and consuming a different diet. <laughs> I remember I remember the year of 21st birthdays and that was such a good year. Oh, it does feel like a long time ago now though. Yeah. Was that when you were at Cambridge? Oh, well, at least you're here, Burnsy, to make us feel young. My, my 21st, I was still at uni in Exeter and my dad is Irish and he took me to... The European Cup final at the Millennium Stadium when Munster beat Biarritz. Good day. Good day. And then trans- wow. transpired, I then became mates with Jean-Baptiste Gobelet, the French Sevens player. Spent a lot of time with him down in Biarritz and he was in the final. So it's always been nice to shove that one up him that they lost. Um, shout out to Jamba Jamba. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's the, the correct term, to be honest, but yeah, you shove whatever you want up Jamba Jamba. He's a big bloke. Um, <laughs> look, we got our guest coming on in just a moment. He's only two doors down, but he should be ready for some stardust. Last week's pod, Marcus Smith comes on, plays on Sunday, man of the match. He dedicated the performance to me. He said, Chip, you're leaving Quinns. This one's for you. I, did, I think they cut it on BT Sport, but he texted me after and said, listen, Chippy, all I did today, that was for you, my friend. Um, thanks for so much you taught me. I um, loved, loved learning the goose and the, and the step and, and the acceleration from you. And yeah, like all the best with the medal hunting. So really nice to receive some messages like that. It's a really proven uh, recipe now. I mean, there's plenty of evidence that there's a quite a clear equation of what happens when you come on the pod. It's indisputable, and I'd like to see anyone try and counter that. Someone's going to do a dissertation on it in the future. Marcus, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. That was aggressive. You're welcome.
<laughs> no, but once in all seriousness, uh, the reaction to Marcus's episode was pretty massive. So it was great to see him come on, great to see him perform on Sunday. And Chip, the last time that Quinns would be performing with you as one of their official players as well, now you've joined GB. Yeah, um, obviously really thankful for to everyone at Quinns for making my time there so much fun. It was like top lads, um, great training, great to be part of an environment as competitive and like kind of putting myself in the best spot to come in. So yeah, absolutely loved it there and shout out to everyone everyone involved at Quinns. Their loss is our gain, our rich. I'll see you in training tomorrow, boss. Yes, their loss is very much our gain because Chip, you've once again delivered for us the postman. He never fails, does he? He's brought us a Scott this week. He is a man who literally has not stopped scoring since his debut out in Dubai a few years ago. He's now in the GB7 squad. He's representing Scotland today. It's Max McFarlane. One night in heaven, one night Max, welcome. So, Max, go on, tell us, what's it like being in camp? Uh, I'm absolutely loving it, to be honest. Like we, we've, been, we've been out for almost a year and I'm just buzzing to be doing any sort of rugby, to be honest, just... It's good to be around the boys and I'm I'm just pumped to be in camp, to be honest, playing with a rugby. It's been so long, like, so it's good. The first week was pretty giggly, wasn't it? Last week, there was a lot of giggling, there was a lot of silliness. And you were one of the main culprits. I don't know. I don't know about that, but... <laughs> I, one thing I wanted to ask you, mate, which is um, you, might, you can choose whether to give us an honest answer on this. But obviously, everyone has their own reputation, don't they, in their national teams? But, like those reputations don't necessarily carry into the GB squad. And I'm interested to know like, who's going to reinvent themselves. So you can either talk to me about what reputation you had in the Scotland squad for a start. Did you have, what, what, what role did you play in the Scotland squad? Uh, probably the good looking one. <laughs> the good looking one. Mate, this is what I mean about reinventing yourself. You can be whatever you want to be now. Yeah, the handsome, handsome, fast one probably. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so uh, speaking to um, one of your old teammates, Scott Riddell, he messaged me and he sent me a clip of oh, um, no. of, of of Mad Max from uh, from uh, Braveheart, and he said, "This is Max." So um, is that your like alter ego? Was that what you model yourself on? Because obviously you're technically a Scottish imposter, aren't you? Because you, you're, t- you're Irish, right. aren't you? Which I found out to my yeah. cost, by the way. I forgot to tell you that it it, it cost me six quid to call you. Added onto my bill, so you need to get a, you need to get a bloody English number or buy me two Honestly, coffees. Yeah. No way! Oh, yeah. I'm sorry about that, Chippy. That's oh, all right. It's all right, my Max. No, I actually before I came on, I actually wanted to just say a shout out to my sister and my dad as well because they absolutely love your show. Um, so, so I'm absolutely buzzing to be on this show because uh, my sister, my sister, honestly, is always listening to it and she's always asking like, "Oh, how come?" How come you haven't been on it yet and all this? So shout out to my sister, Amy. Mate, <laughs> we, put up, um, we put up a poll last week about where Chippy is a fisherman with the rod in the line saying, who do you reckon Chippy's got for us? And your sister replied saying, Max McFarlane. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, she, she's, she's, she's predicting the future. She's got, she's got you in our heads and here you are. Oh, I love that. Nice. Fair play, your sister. Does your sister play as well? Uh, she does, yeah. She plays for uh, the Derry, Derry rugby team, Derry FC. So, yeah, she loves it, actually. I, I did a bit of coaching over when I was back in Ireland and it was class. Like, the girls are all very good at rugby. They're class, like. Nice. But, but listeners are going to be confused about why you're here speaking with an Irish accent, having played for Scotland and now in GB. So do you want to just give a quick rundown of how that's worked out? Uh, yeah, I think that's probably probably a good idea. Um, both my parents are Irish. I was born in England and uh, then grew up for my childhood in Russia from around like three years old to around eight. Um, just because my mum was out there working. Yeah, then was grew up as Irish, but my my grandparents are Scottish, so um, yeah, and that's how I qualified for Scotland. So you didn't you didn't fancy Ireland at the time, or their sevens team weren't much crack. What what was the deal? How was it a difficult decision? Uh, I just think yeah, the, the boys in Scotland were good crack, so I just decided to 
to go play for Scotland over there. So yeah, so so what happened was um, I was I was Ireland 19s, Ireland 20s, and I was in the Leinster Sub Academy at the time, and I basically was um, studying studying business and Russian in Trinity. So I I kind of parked my rugby career, and uh, I just finished my degree in Trinity College in, in Dublin, and uh, and then afterwards. I kind of started playing rugby for Clontarf in, in Ireland and uh, Callum, Callum McRae, the Scottish Sevens coach at the time, found out that I was qualified to play for Scotland and, and basically gave me, gave me the call to, to come over and it was class. So I haven't looked back since, so it was good. What was your debut tournament? Uh, so my debut was actually when I was playing, when, when I was still in college in Trinity, it was, it was uh, a Manchester Manchester, one of the Euro Euro tournaments. So, um, but my debut on the series was in 2017 uh, in Dubai. Good one to debut at. Good one. It was class. Absolutely loved it. Did you score with your first touch? No, I actually remember my first touch because we were playing against Belgium, a team we probably should have won. And I came on, I came on like for the last two minutes, and. I remember the first touch I got, I, I just ran straight away, just ran and between a gap. And I thought I was going to get through the gap, but I got tackled by two boys and uh, got turned over and got an absolute earful from, uh, from Scott Riddell and the boys. <laughs> they weren't happy because I just cost them the game against Belgium, a game they should have won. But, um, but yeah, that was, that was my debut. But uh, no, I've, I've really enjoyed it. <laughs> like I've, I've loved Scotland 7 class. <laughs> Good to get on the wrong side of Scott Riddell, though. No, he's <laughs> he's some boy. He's he, Burge, Burge. He'll hate me. He'll hate me for saying this, but I I see a lot of similarities between him and Burgess. Oh, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know who uh, who's more offended by me saying that. <laughs> the last time I think the last time I saw Riddler Chip was in Edinburgh, uh, in Fingers Piano Bar. I don't remember anywhere we went in Edinburgh. You, you might not have made it that long. But yeah, I think yeah, that might have been the last time I saw Riddler. In Fingers Piano Bar in Edinburgh. Great times. Back in the old days when you're allowed to go out. I think he, he goes there most nights, like sober Riddler. <laughs> he just loves going to Fingers. <laughs> That's like his spot. This is pretty tangential for a sevens conversation. Bernsey, bring us back. But Max, you not scoring with your first touch and Dubai. It's a bit of a rarity, actually. Just looking at your try scoring stats, they they are insane. Like you've scored six tries on a couple of occasions. You scored seven at one. You scored nine at Singapore one year, which is about a third of Chippy's grand total across the whole of his career. So that's that's you've done that in one tournament. What's your secret to scoring tries? This that's a, a tough question, Bernsey. Um, actually, I don't even know how to answer that. Um, well to be honest like the way we play with Scotland 7s um, the wide to wide game really helps scoring tries the, the stat sheet I think on the, um, and we have some we have some serious players like so, um, really good passers and boys who like seriously open up the space for me on the wide channel so uh, to be honest I'd have to I'd have to give them a lot of credit for any of the <laughs> any of uh, a lot of my tries Max that sounds a lot like modesty <laughs> so that's the style that you love and that's the style that kind of gets you those tries what's it been like being in the GB camp obviously don't give away too many trade secrets about the intended game plan but you know are you having to adapt to your play or are you slotting right in how are you finding it um, no I'm sure I'm going to slot right in to be honest I mean the, the talent we have here is is insane and um, I'm just enjoying learning and, and just being around some of these boys and, and just bringing what I have as well so I'm I'm just pumped to to be here and be playing with some of these some of these lads and and learning from them. So I'm 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 psyched. And you'll be even more pumped after this week when I've come in. <laughs> I felt like Gandalf rocking up this week. I'll tell you what, Max, he won't be passing you the ball. I'll tell you that much. I'll be tucking it straight up his jumper, aka the Seedman. I'm going to be looking for the Sunny Bales off you. Won't we all? Um, just touching on the try thing again. Just sticking with that. Is that something that you? Are driven by like is that something that you like to chase? Um, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, being being a winger, I think I think that's definitely something I'd I'd chase. But um, but I mean, first and foremost, obviously, I'd love I'd love our team to be doing well and doing and, and scoring those tries for the team. And um, and I think one of the things I like last year, 
I basically moved from the wing and I moved to to playing in scrum half. So so uh, I think my 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 stats and my tries went went down a bit and my tackles actually went up massively. And um, that was a new experience. I quite I quite enjoyed that to be honest, playing scrum half. But it was it was very different to playing on the wing and and all that comes with it. But I just love sevens to be honest and just I've I've always dreamed about playing it and, and actually playing in the series and, and anything like that is, has been class has been a dream come true Max the same happened to me when I moved from tight head to loose head uh, the tries just really <laughs> really dried up for me so I just like the extra workload and being on the other side of the pitch and honestly like the first couple of talk, I got whoop, straight up to 30 tries and then since then it's just been Drip fed, and I, it's, it's had something to do with Mitch. It's Mitch growing his hair and more going in his eyes, and and not and not being able to actually see me on the edge. Like, um, but I don't know. We we won't go into that tonight. Um, but yeah, no, I feel I complete. I completely feel you there. Yeah, change your position know, hard to keep rough. the tries going. It is rough. So you mentioned that it's your first rugby action for a year. What are the rest of the Scottish boys? What have the Scottish sevens guys been up to? Over the last year, I know that some of them have been at Glasgow, some have been at Edinburgh. What about the rest of the lads? Yeah, so I think I think some of the boys have been in train with Glasgow and some of the boys have been in with Edinburgh. And then a few of the boys we were on, um, we were on furlough for a bit and then um, our contracts actually ended and then we were back home. Like I, I, I've been back home for around, um, around four or five months, which was really nice. It was a good reset. Um, but I'm, I'd be lying to you if I told you like the year wasn't tough in terms of in terms of all that went with it. But um, but at the same time, I actually quite enjoyed being back home in Ireland and spending some time with the family and and uh, getting the camera out and doing trips around Donegal. So that that was nice. It was a nice reset from rugby. That's quite a nice lead on to we, those of you listening to this who haven't seen Max's Instagram. Go check it out because uh, some pretty. Some pretty beautiful stuff up there. Would, have you, has that always been a hobby of yours? Plug the handle. Plug the handle. <laughs> uh, it's at Maxi McSeans, but um, yeah, to be honest, I've, I've I've always loved I've always loved like taking pictures and, and things like that. But um, I think my missus uh, Jess probably forced it on me, like because um, she she just loves going on walks and getting out of the house and stuff. While I'd be a lot more a bit of a gamer and stuff, and um, the camera kind of just gets me out and about and. And uh, and just in places like Scotland and Ireland, it's it's absolutely phenomenal. Just um, walking around with the camera, some of the sights are, are pure class. You you're ticking all the boxes here, Max. You've plugged your family. You've you said your missus' name on the podcast, which is more than me, <laughs> Burnsy, and Mitch have done in the past three seasons. Um, mate, congratulations! You're a season pro. You've completed <laughs> it. Brownie points all over the shop here. So, so Max, what's the perception been of the Scottish lads coming into the GB camp? You'll you'll have had some preconceptions, some negative conceptions, and then you've got the reality. So, talk us through all that. I think my biggest surprise is um, is Norts actually how much Norts speaks because um, because I always just thought he was he was like really quiet and uh, and just like really studious and stuff, but he's, he's, he's probably the joker of the squad, is he? Well, maybe not. Maybe no, 100%. Well, but... yeah, no, he's, he's, he chats shit. He's like a machine gun. We call him TK Max because one out of 10 is good. That's been, that's been my biggest surprise. I'd say. Um, yeah. That happens so often. People, Norts obviously projects just an image of himself on the series. That's completely different from what he's like on a day to day. It's so weird. I was trying to think of the word for him that Irish people use. You call him a fucking gobshite. And then what about the influx of players that have come in today? Like We've touched on it earlier in the pod, but you've had some late joiners, chips come into the mix. There's going to be some more players to come. Is there excitement? Uh, does that disrupt the chemistry? Like, how does it work? Uh, well, I mean, we've we've been in for a week so far. so um, So we've had three days of training and I think I think Chippy coming in is going to boost the squad, and then I think we have we have um, a week week back home of like home training to get our fitness up and stuff. And then I think then the the boys from Edinburgh, I think Bath and uh, Glasgow are all joining us then. And um, I think I think boys are just excited. Like 
Because so it's, it's been all the backs have been kind of in at the moment. Um, and then to get some of the forwards in as well for the restarts and stuff and should be good. Get a bit, get a bit more competition going. Give a few more boys for you to run around as well, Max. I know that's what you're thinking. <laughs> have, the, um, have the Scottish boys like been on to you asking what it's like, the other guys who are still at clubs? Um, yeah, yeah, Farnsville. I think uh, Farnsville and Bobby have been chatting away. Um, and I, I think they're just just pumped to get back in as well. Because, um, I mean, they've, they've been in with the 15s and they've all been playing, to be fair. They've been um, going really well with Glasgow and, and Edinburgh. But I think they both just love sevens and <laughs> they just can't wait to, to be playing some sevens again. I thought there was a fair bit of jealousy after that video went up from last week. That sort of little, little highlights clip. Because even I was here for the week and I still watched it, being like, "Oh, I want to do it all again." So I can only imagine for the lads who weren't here. Barnes was saying um, there was there was in in one of our WhatsApp groups. It was like it was, uh, "Oh, we're gonna have a nice easy session, and the focus is gonna be on enjoyment." And then Farnes was sent a screenshot of like Cocker's put in the message of like how hard their sessions is gonna be, and like it was just like, "What am I doing in my life?" It's like <laughs> so uh, it was quite good. Like you mentioned, you mentioned about Jamie Farndale and Robbie Ferguson being at Glasgow and Edinburgh, and uh, we had an episode. God, so long ago when we were talking about all GB, and we had um, Marky Robertson on, and he was saying that sevens is almost like a third region for Scotland. Is that still the case now? Is that how how you approach it? How the rest of the lads in the setup approach it? Um. Yeah. I mean, Bernie, to be honest, with this question, like it's. I think it's so up in the air. Um, it's like, I think sevens is just, it's, I, I don't think anyone knows which way it's going to go at the moment, but um, what's uh, in the past. Yeah. It's been, it has, it's been, it's been basically the third region. I mean, some of the boys who've come through the Scottish seven squad uh, over the years, it's been insane. The, um, the talent that's come through, I mean, Darcy Graham, Lee Jones and uh, Damon, like you can, I could literally be naming boys for ages and, um, it's it, yeah, it's it's very much been used as a as a development tool, um, in Scotland and uh, and to be honest, as a as a as a kind of seven specialist, if you like, I I'd, I'd love to see it become a performance program, um, but um, but but that's just how that's just how it's it's seen in Scotland is is a development tool to to progress to fifteenth. So you you don't see yourself developing into 15s you just want to stay specializing sevens because well you've said plenty of times how much you love it already <laughs> um yeah no i i exactly sevens is i, I just i really enjoy it so um yes yeah. <laughs> yes love that a purist a, a purist a purist max i love it i mean so obviously hopefully we'll get to do back on the sort of world series uh for many years to come but like looking back and over the seasons you've done what would be your standout tournament if you could pick one destination from the world series as it was as we used to know it what would be your one that you'd pick hong kong i'd say i, I just love i love the atmosphere in hong kong it's just absolutely amazing um i think that's probably the consensus among everyone is it but um uh no I've just, it is I've a just unique hot. buzz yeah, it just blows, blows, blows you away. Like it's just. Um, I also like Cape Town as well, um, but Hong Kong's definitely the one. It's weird when you nice. say those places. I just think of times that Scotland are beating England in those places now. <laughs> Sad. I didn't play in one of them. That's why I lost. Hey, in Cape Town. <laughs> oh, that was that was absolutely amazing. In fairness, that that um, that Scotland England game in in Cape Town with. Femi oh, was it Max? Was it really? Femi <laughs> <laughs> scored in the last minute. That was that was class. To be fair, there was some poetry around Femi scoring against Norts in the corner. I give you that, Max. You're you're a you're a true Scotsman with an Irish accent, albeit. Can you please explain the concept of puggy up, puggy up, which is something that Chip brings up a lot. You, you love a bit of puggy up, don't you, Chip? Now I've got my puggy right up whenever I go out for a session. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, puggy up. Um, I kind of, I kind of came into it because that was that was all the the group before me, and and it's kind of just stuck since since then. So I, I don't actually know who originally coined it, but 
Um, but yeah, it's just, it's stuck and, and we, we just use it before every single game. But it, it, it basically means just, just get, get yourself going, get the adrenaline going and, and boys will say it before the games and stuff and that's hung you up. I think Brycey and Riddler kind of really drove it home and uh, Robbo probably. Nice. So Max, obviously Team GB camp at the moment leading into the Olympics, but then post-Olympics there's chat of uh, Team GB playing on the series. Um, what are your thoughts on kind of being in that mix and would you be gutted to lose a kind of Scotland-England-Wales rivalry and uh, where are you at with that? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've always been quite, I don't know, quite torn on this. I've always like had to, had to think quite hard on this one because I, I, I just, I love, I love it being, I love it being Scotland, Scotland, England, uh, Scotland, England, Wales. Um, but um, I also love to compete and I love, I love like, I want to get to the top of my, top of my sport. And uh, I love the idea of GB and I, I love the idea of playing for Scotland. And it's a tough question to answer, I think. I don't know what do, what do you boys think on that kind of on that whole because it is it's tough because it's it's got such I always find it difficult because it's got such strong emotions behind it like at at, at the end of the day like you want to be representing your country and and I think some of the best rivalries in in the Six Nations is seeing you know the home nations go and even on the series when we play against you guys it's it's a class game it's a class game to watch do you mean Scotland against England um England against like just all those home nations games um that they they get they get the crowd kind of a lot more invested and and there's a lot more passions behind it I'm with you on the bit of your answer before when you talked about the level of performance like no one comes into professional rugby professional sevens not wanting to win tournaments win medals at Olympic games etc so the Olympics thing if that's going to be the primary part of me always thinks well it makes sense to have a GB team full-time then in that case but also I think a lot of the players from England Scotland and Wales feel like if there was an alternative to maybe previous programs um, and that was going to be driven more competitive better funded perhaps um, you know a better setup and and overall more competitive on the series and at future tournaments it's hard not to opt for that and I'm with you as well. There's, some, there's definitely something special about playing the England Wales, England Scotland games for us, and it brings something new. And especially for expats, I think that's the one thing. There's loads of us knocking around the world, and seeing that kind of England Wales or England Scotland games, and you see the the crowd going mad for it, like it's something different. And obviously, Puggy is always right up for the Scottish when they play against <laughs> England. And you might you turn into bloody you turn into like a better version of New, Ze- New Zealand when you play against us. It's hard. And it's annoying. So just stop that in the future, please. <laughs> but lads, for the time being, it's one team, one dream, right? Um, Max, you promised to send us a video of you skinning Chippy this week, please, so that we can get it on our socials. <laughs> I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Perfect. So I'm on, Max. Cheers, boys. One night and have one night, one night and have one A great lad. Be uncharacteristically modest to be up in seventh heaven. So I want you two to tell me what he's like to play against and why he scores all those tries. He is rapid. You can say there's no substitute for speed. He is so quick, mate. He's a little scuttler. Whenever, like, if I've ever made a break, like limited, obviously, I'm always looking for support anyway. But if I see him near me, I'm like, oh, God. He, he's, he's surprisingly, like, put shots for his size as well. He gets going so quick, doesn't he? He gets up to speed so quickly which is obviously a massive asset in sevens. Um, and, you know, at the start of the program, Burnsy, when we were kind of, you know, kicking things off virtually as GB sevens, and there was a few highlights videos going out, uh, you know, a combination of clips from England, Scotland and Wales and just bits and bobs to get the boys fired up. Um, and there was definitely a couple, I'm sure there was, mo- there was more than a few of Max. And I was like, well, how much has he paid Rocky to put these clips in? But it turns out it's just the boy scored a hell of a lot of tries. Uh, and he was doing some lovely things in training last week. And uh, do you know what? It, it's, he was, I mean, it's the same with all the boys, but training with someone new who's really talented and got, you know, an obvious um, skill set like that uh, and strength is so cool to, to come and train with for the first time. Because you just, much as you play against these people, it's very different for being on the same training field as them and, and kind of going through a lot of the different scenarios. 
Um, and so I really enjoyed that with Max last week and looking forward to more of the same. I'm excited to see him in training as well, like in the flesh and be actually on the same team as him. So fingers crossed he doesn't skin me um, tomorrow or, when, or Wednesday or Thursday. There's some naughty matchups going on on the wings. Like, you know, imagine Max going up against Bowen or Norts. Like that's, that's exciting. Competition breeds success, I reckon. Indeedy doody, Chip. And boys, I guess that's crucial though. Yeah, he's super talented, but also he's a fresh face because I know there's a lot of players in the GB squad who were involved in the last one, but having that fresh blood, that fresh competition, the, the je ne sais quoi to keep people guessing, I guess that's that's vital really for development. 100%. I don't think, obviously, Mitch, you went to the last Olympics. I don't think you'd want a carbon copy because you can't replicate um, what it was last time. It was a kind of unique experience and it was a unique group of lads. And I think, the well, from what I remember, the chat was, this is like, this is it. This is the last time this group will be together. So to have new faces and, and new talent, um, especially such, such someone as talented as Max coming in to, to train and the rest of the lads who've coming in from, who weren't in the squad last time, it's definitely going to freshen it up and it'll bring a new new level to it. Yeah, bang on. This is what we're doing now, Chip, isn't it? Is starting, you know, we've started from scratch <laughs> a few weeks ago um, and it's a completely new group. It's a completely new dynamic. What we're talking about is completely new. The language is completely new. Um, even the prospect of the Olympics and the challenges associated with that are completely new. So um, the other thing as well, not just training and playing with guys like Max who are so exciting, but actually just getting their perspective and understanding how they see the game, the conversations that they used to have around you know, various elements of the game is so interesting. And it's such a rare opportunity as a player because in sevens, you, you play for one team, right? So if you're a sevens player, you play for one team for your career. So, and if you're lucky, or I say lucky, occasionally you might have a few different coaches come in and, and offer some perspective. But to, to get a completely different perspective from another international side and kind of live with that day to day is so valuable and something that I'm really appreciating at the moment. Uh, Righto, that's a wrap for another episode of your Celestial One Stop Pod for all things Rugby Sevens. You've been up in the clouds in seventh heaven with me, Bernsey, Mitch and Chip. But until next time, it is adios. See thee. Bye.